before we get into the show, I want to tell you about HubSpot for startups. If you are an early stage startup and you're trying to grow, you have to check out our HubSpot for startups program. You can get up to 90% off your first year of your HubSpot subscription. Plus, you will get access to incredible education and events. With HubSpot, you can run your entire startup from marketing sales and customer success all on HubSpot. You can increase your leads, boost revenue, and improve your customer experience. HubSpot for startups help you do it all. Plus, you will get 24-7 customer support and integrations with more than 1,500 of today's most popular apps. HubSpot is trusted by some of the most successful startups and more than 200,000 companies around the world. To see if you're eligible to join the HubSpot for Startups program and take your growth to the next level, visit HubSpot.com slash startups. On today's show, we're coming to you with a billion-dollar business idea that we got from Claude.ai. We're going to show you the business strategy, the business principles, the problem that we're solving for customers, and stick around to the very end because we're going to show you why Warren Buffett would even invest in our business. I'm your co-host, Kip Bodner, Chief Marketing Officer at HubSpot. I'm joined by my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, who's the Chief Marketing Officer over at Zapier. And this is Marketing Against the Grain, your show for marketing-minded people everywhere. Let's get into today's show. All right, Kieran, I think some of our best shows come when we've just been like off playing with AI and something dawns on us and we come and we bring it and we show it to everybody and we kind of talk about it, riff on it together. And you and I have been going back and forth on a bunch of different ideas. One of the ideas that I had that we're going to talk about today is how you actually use AI to build a business. And it all starts because I was feeling really guilty that I hadn't read the state of .ai report. And instead of reading that, I used AI to summarize it, but not just like tell me what to learn. I used AI to tell me what is the best business you should start in AI today based on all the data, based on all the trends. What do you think? Right, this is the incredible thing about why this episode is gonna be really cool for listeners because you no longer just have to like read and consume the content. You can now take this content, it is now data, and I can take that and use it with AI to do things like this, right? You're gonna use it to craft a business idea. You're gonna use it to look at an ideal customer profile for that business idea. You're gonna take a Twitter thread, which we usually just ignore and say, hey, we don't want any more Twitter threads. Just hit that like button and move on. Right, but you turn it into data for an AI to contextualize that AI to solve a problem because you give the AI the data, which is Warren Buffett lessons, like these great 45 lessons from Warren Buffett. And then you say, hey, like, why would Warren Buffett invest in my idea? Like, why is this a good idea for Warren Buffett? And I think it's what really is cool is like, we're gonna give our listeners throughout the episode a multitude of different ways that they can use AI today. Like very actionable, very easy to use, not a lot of people using it in this way. And so like, this is a very practical episode to just like, what should I do with AI? How can I start playing with it this weekend? Or if you're sad like me, using your holiday to play with a a bunch of AI stuff. We're going to go through and iterate in real time so you can see how we're thinking about it and thinking about prompting and going back and forth with the AI so you can get a sense of how to do that too. And Kieran, I decided I'm going to get you a t-shirt that says, I'm learning to play tennis when my AI does all my reading for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm playing tennis because AI is doing all my work. That's the dream. We're not that far from that dream, I feel like, in both all the good and bad ways. Yeah, yeah. We're doing a full deep dive. We're doing it today in Claude, which is the AI assistant and model from Anthropic, which is one of the core competitors 
to OpenAI. It's one of the big LLM startups that are out there. Kieran does not have Claude because it's not yet in the European Union. So we're going to get right into today's show. Okay, Kieran, and I've been feeling guilty because you keep WhatsApping me and talking to me about the new state of .ai report. So it's this really awesome AI report. It's like 165 slides. It's long. It's long. And I was like, I don't know. When do I have time to read all this? And then I was like, wait, I don't have to read it. I can use AI to help me read it. I didn't stop there, Karen. I wanted to share what I've been playing with with Claude and the State of AI report the last couple of days. And I want to get your feedback on it. And I was hoping that for today's show, we could kind of riff on this and see if we could end up with a remarkable AI startup and business pitch strategy kind of principle. How's that sound? I like it. Uh, I, first of all, I like that I get to look at Claude because I don't have access. This is just me rubbing it in your uh, face. The state of AI report, the, uh, you know, the solution is in the name, right? Don't bother reading that thing. It's just true. get AI to read itself to you. And I think this is an incredible exercise to go through, like how quickly you can go from, first of all, what you're going to show is like how you use data with AI to contextualize it to solve a problem. I think that what we want to show our listeners is how you actually go all the way through from having this kind of great set of data and information to actually build in fully fledged what we want to do is like a business strategy. So rubbing it a little bit in Kieran's face, yeah. to bring up Claude here, and I'm going to show some of the work I've been doing, Kieran, and I'm hoping that you will help me iterate on it. So I was on Twitter the other day, and part of using AI is like the context and information you feed the. And I saw this really great Twitter thread from the Founders podcast about 45 lessons from Warren Buffett. So Kieran, my very first step I did here is I all of the content, all those 45 lessons from Warren Buffett, and I fed it to Claude, fed it to the AI. Someone's actually getting use out of these Twitter threads. <laughs> this has sparked a good idea. Yeah. Wow, these Twitter threads are good for something. And so I put everything from this Warren Buffett Twitter thread into Claude. And I just said, okay, here's advice and perspective from Warren Buffett. And then notice I didn't get to do anything, and it still gave me all the takeaways and what it thought which is, I thought, interesting, right? I was just trying to give it information. I didn't want anything back. And it feels compelled to give me something back. That's eager it's to please. Eager, I always let it know that whenever I'm trying to work with it now, yeah. I tell it we're going to do it in steps and do not move on to the next step until like we complete oh, this Oh, I like that. I got to get better at doing this. Then, Kieran, uploaded one of your and I's favorite docs, which is the Nike Business Principles doc. It's like basically their 10 principles that they established when they started Nike, some of my favorites, right? Like our businesses change. We're on offense all of the time. Your job isn't done until the job is done, right? It won't be pretty. Like I love these. I love the brutal right. honesty in this. What's your favorite one? And then I want to give you one of the strange ones. My favorite one, probably very similar. It's like we're on offense all the time. Look, I think we're on offense all the time is my favorite, but I love the way they ended this with, if we do things right, we'll make money damn near automatic. Like just that, the wording of make money damn near automatic is just like- Build a system. That's really good. What I love about that is it's honest, yes. right? Because it's not wrapped up in like culture or- the kind of greater good. So this is what we're here to do, right? We're a business. We're here to make money. Totally. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to make money if we do the right thing. We're going right? to make a bunch of money. What about the weird one, right? I love all of these. I do love offense all the time. I think there's a lot of people playing defense right now, rightly so, because we're in a climate where it kind of forces you to think about defense a lot of times. 
I do think you should really think about when everyone's playing defense, there should be some offense you're playing. That's the only way you're going to win within the market. But the random one in this is like live off the land. Well, it reminds you that they're hippies from Oregon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what's interesting here is that there's a lot of parallel ideas from great thinkers, right? Like Warren Buffett has a piece of advice that wasn't in what I provided, right? Like probably the most famous Warren Buffett quote of all time is, to be fearful when others are greedy and to be greedy when others are fearful. Right. And that is the same thing as we're on offense all the time versus defense, right? Like they're very similar ideas. They're not exactly the same, but they're both saying there are times where you have to be very aggressive and very offensive, right? Right. Amazon have one very similar, which is think big, thinking small. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, which means like if you are playing defense, you will get defensive totally. outcomes. And for some businesses right now, maybe that's fine, right? try to keep the market share and not lose the market share, but you certainly will not gain the market share. And I think that's part of like how you think about big and offensive. I completely agree. Uh, I would also say for anybody listening to the audio version, this is going to be another episode where you might want to check it out on YouTube because I'm showing everything I did in Claude in detail. We're going to make it awesome for audio, but check it out on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, you love the show, please hit like, please hit subscribe. Really appreciate it. Okay. So I'm now kind of briefing the AI with some Warren Buffett knowledge, with some Nike principles, which I love. It still summarizes the principles because I haven't done the stepped prompts in the way that I need to. Kieran, what I did, I had to break up the state of AI report because you can't have PDFs more than 10 megabytes per PDF and you can only have five PDFs. So there is some space and file there. And I attached these different bits of the state of AI report. And then I said, what you know from Warren Buffett, select the best business opportunity in artificial intelligence market right now to build a company around. Please write a business detailed strategy. I did this in like five minutes. So my writing is atrocious and everybody can make fun of me. <laughs> I find the same way when I'm, yeah, when I'm iterated. I'm not thinking about the, what I'm writing to the AI. Yeah, like my briefs are not. I know. Like when I'm writing to someone at work and I'm asking them for something, my brief is really good. I'm really specific. I must remember that when I'm working with AI, it's the same thing, Totally right? The better you can clarify your train of thought and what you're asks, the better the results you'll get. And then, and so I said, additionally, write a mission statement and outline the business principles in a similar form and way to the Nike principles previously provided, okay? And so this is what it did. It says, hey, based on the AI reports and, and Warren Buffett's principles, here's my perspective on the opportunity to build a billion dollar AI business. Mission statement to democratize beneficial AI through development of open, secure, and responsible language model. So what's interesting is it took the entire state of AI report and it realized that there are a few things that are flaws in the AI market right now. It, it failed open source as a huge idea, Kieran, which is something you've been pounding on the show for a while. <laughs> Who's invested in open source? <laughs> Kieran's like, if you're doing open source AI, come over. Theses come on. about investing in AI. I've been investing in AI, open source AI companies. <laughs> well, and then I'm it has like, security and then it has like trust and responsibility. Those are three big trends in the AI market. And it's saying like, hey, I, we think we need to build a business around this. And it provided me what, what I thought was like an interesting summary of the opportunity. The recent explosion in capabilities of large language models points to a massive opportunity. Models like GPT-4 demonstrate the potential for LLMs to transform industries. However... Access is currently limited to a few large tech players. There is room in the ecosystem for our company to develop LLMs with a focus on openness, safety, and responsible deployment. 
<laughs> it's, it's pretty good. So basically making it easy for companies to adopt open source models in the same way they adopt SaaS. So it's like managed for you, secure, reliable, yes. updated when it needs to be updated. That business will exist. I have invested in a business that is trying to do just that. So I actually think that is a legitimately like pretty good space to get in. So it's yes, obviously doing right? a good job of like looking at the data or looking at the information and finding a pocket of potential. First of all, first of all, what I would say is we're doing this as an example for like a business idea for a business you start. But you could do the same thing for investing. You could also do this if you were just looking for a job, right? You're like, hey, I want a job in AI. You know, we'll use it for this example. Where should I think about? Like, where are the biggest opportunities? And you could go work for a company doing this, right? There's a lot of different ways to get some like very unique insight here. Let me give you a good version of this as well that I think we're going to do an entire episode on because this is what I was doing on my <laughs> bank holiday Monday. You lived the most interesting life, my friend. After I finished losing the tennis. Oh, do you lost your tennis match? I actually. Dude, what happened? Yeah, but okay. Okay. I lost, but okay. it's my first match in 25 okay. years. Okay. I haven't played since okay. I was a kid. I played a guy who was 18 and two and oh, I lost eight okay. five. So I was frustrated, but I did not smash my racket. Slow clap for which that. Which is actually quite of unusual. I think I told a story that when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. I started playing tennis. My mom gave me her prized possession because she played tennis. I learned from my mom a racket. I had it for two days. I smashed it. My mom bought me a replacement racket for my birthday. It was a big deal. It was a big present for me. I smashed it. You smashed things. Uh, I'm not a good... I'm not a good loser. I, uh, tennis Man, drives me It's probably me a good crazy. thing you don't play golf. You would have thrown a golf bag in, in a lake. Yeah. But anyway, I feel like a couple more matches, I'm going to be feeling pretty good. But anyway, so what else did I do? I actually wanted to build uh, a deck, uh, a sales deck using AI. And I'm going to do an entire show of this because it's actually a pretty good show. But the reason I'm saying this is because one of the things you could do that's very similar to what you're doing is actually get a, an entire like PDF spread of yes. all of your competitors and other companies within the market and upload it with principles, same sort of thing with the principles and ask how can I pitch my company in a differentiated way, right? And you can actually iterate with the AI on, okay, let's define our ideal customer profile. Let's define their current problems. Let's define how we can solve those problems in a differentiated way. Explain to me why this is differentiated from all of the competitors. So that's another really good place where you can actually use what you're doing to make it really practical and actionable for you. When you see what I've done with it, you see like my iteration with the AI and where I got to, it's pretty good at creating like a sales narrative. I think that's pretty awesome. And by the way, I've been listening and reading a bunch of Ogilvy stuff. And it's like, what you can do is do that sales narrative. And then you can be like, cool, I want a version that's like written in the style of David Ogilvy, which is like pretty wild that that is like right. easy and possible. Well, guess what? That sounds like just a... Oh, Kieran, we have a guy. I, I got a WhatsApp you. There's a guy who's building it. Oh, different. I have, I have a guy as well. So some guy has reached out to us. So there's a couple of people there's building this. a couple of people building character.ai for B2B. We need to talk to them all. If we haven't gotten back to you, I'm sorry. We've been a little slammed. We're gonna, we we're have gonna some day jobs and we're trying to do the pod, but we will reach out because we're super interested in that idea. So we will get back to you ASAP. We'll be right back. But let me tell you about a podcast from our network. Truth. Lies and Workplace Culture is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, your audio destination for business professionals. Join husband and wife team, Al and Leanne Elliott, as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. Their audience loves the show's unique blend of theory and practice, which helps business owners and leaders simplify consumer psychology. If you enjoy learning what makes people tick, then this is the show for you. Recently, they did an amazing episode on what makes your team say yes, exploring the psychology of influence. 
Phil Agnew shares his rich experience in behavioral science and delves into the intricate psychology of influence. They explore the fine line between influence and manipulation, uncovering how subtle cues and messaging impact team decision-making and motivation. Whether you're a leader, marketer, or anyone interested in the art of intelligence, this episode is packed with strategies and psychological principles to understand and harness the power of yes in teams and organizations. Listen to Truth, Lies, and Workplace Culture wherever you get your podcasts. Promise. All right, Kieran, back to the show. I thought this was interesting, so I was like, please provide a more specific and detailed business strategy and add the business principles for this new business. Because remember, I asked it to write principles like Nike, and it didn't do it. Well, it had these kind of basic business principles, but they weren't very Nike-esque, right? And so here, I really like how you can iterate with AI and iterate so quickly with it. So quickly. It's like, here's a more detailed business strategy for building an open, responsible LLM company. And so it talks about the type of team you need to build and like influential board advisors. Like it got a really good level of detail. Like these are all things I would do if I was building this business. It talks about the technology development process, train models starting at 10 billion parameters, scaling up responsibly to 100 billion plus as techniques mature. Like they're even giving you parameters for your LLM company, which is pretty wild, right? I would say, again, it's pretty good at getting the kind of standard things correct. Like this is how I would go about setting up the company. I don't know if you can query it now based on that data. I think what will be really interesting is you, you said to it, you know, what is the ideal customer profile that we're selling into? What problem are we solving? And how do you propose we solve that in a way where we can pitch that really easily to our customer profile? Where I find it gets really uh, good is when you try to really like focus it, hone in on yes. a couple. Yeah, focus it, right? Like just Love really that. focus it on. Okay, like step one is let's take all of that information and define a problem to be solved. And what, who is the customer profile and what is the problem that they have? And then you say, okay, like, well, what is the kind of two-liner in terms of how are we going to solve that problem? And then you're going to get into like, well, what is the company and what is the pitch? You should uh, ask it, who is the ideal customer profile? I wonder if it will pick up on like who actually would buy this large language model for companies, because I actually don't think that's that clear anyway. It's probably IT. Okay. So while it's doing that, we're going to get back to that because I think you're right in focusing. And so... I also think what it's better at go to market. If you go back, if you're a fan of the show and haven't watched, go back, watch our episode of Chris Miller, where we dive all into product led growth using AI. And Kieran does an awesome job working with chat GPT to build like a free tool strategy. It's awesome. AI is very good at go to market, good at marketing, good at sales. And so I think this growth strategy is interesting. I think chat GPT is better at marketing than Claude. Hot take just so we know. But I think if we iterated on this with Claude, it could be pretty good. Can I give another quick hack yeah, please. on the go-to-market? I was actually thinking through this. We might actually do this as well. So there's a bunch of newsletters, like newsletters were you know, very popular business. Like yes. one of the most popular forms of newsletters is like curating things together, right? Like just curating strategies, curating news, creating whatever it may be. So a bunch of go-to-market newsletters actually um, sprung up and they actually all do something similar, which is they curate yes. companies' go-to-market strategies. So there's some that will curate all the companies' go-to-market strategies to get to a thousand customers. There's some that curate all of the marketing strategies that have helped to propel customers and market customers. There's some that have curated sales strategies, again, for really well-known customers. Now, one of the things I'm going to do, because what do they all have? They have archives, right? And those archives are usually in a standard data format where it's RSS or something like that. You can go and give that RSS to one of the AI models and then say, hey, like, tell me 
the commonalities between these strategies. Talk to me about like, what are some of the most popular strategies of a company of my size? What ones were applicable to me? So for the go-to-market, again, where AI gets really, really good is when you can find data where you can contextualize that to the problem you're trying to solve. And so if you're trying to do something for go-to-market, go find a bunch of these newsletters, get their feed and feed it into the AI, and then quiz the AI about those go-to-market strategies. And then you can actually have a database of thousands of different marketing sales and growth strategies that you can just use AI to query and get really great ideas for what you want to do. Yeah, it's basically like having an expert council of marketing leaders in your pocket, right? It's basically, yeah, exactly. Having the best AI go-to-market strategist that is trained on well-known go-to-market strategies that have worked for great companies. We got to do that as a separate show so that we can really walk through how to do it for people and kind of do that. But the key point that Kieran's making here is that AI is awesome at pattern matching and pattern identification and finding commonalities. And we often spend so much time looking for the best practices that we don't understand the shared reasons why. And AI can really help us get there, which I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, the big thing I would try to get to for people who really want to use AI in a way that's really actionable is to get it away from the best practices. Yes, love this AI was really, when when it first came out, ChatGPT was like, wow, this is really good. But when you kind of used it for a while, it is just giving you the averaged out best practices of the internet, which is still good, right? But where it gets really, really, really interesting is where you can start to what you're doing is like find this unique little set of data and then craft really specific asks around that data to inform it of the answer. And I think that's where the true value is going to be in AI going forward. I could not agree more. I'm on that same train. At one point, I want to make in that. You are a take machine today. Go. Um, this is what happens when Kieran gets his ass kicked in tennis. He tries to compensate yeah, yeah, on the show. Yeah, I have to come back in like, one actually really good example of that. Grammarly have a feature coming out oh, yeah. that I think you might have seen that I tweeted about this, but it's a really good example of this where AI in the future is going to be one-to-one, right? So what do I mean by that? Grammarly have a feature coming out where it is going to train itself on your writing because they have that data. I am writing in Grammarly all the time <laughs> because my grammar and spelling is atrocious. And so I write in Grammarly, I put everything in there first, and then I actually put it wherever it needs to be. So Grammarly can train itself to write like me. And so when it's suggesting in the future, mm-hmm. that's how you actually make content good and personalized towards me. It's trained on actually what I write. This is, to me, the future of every single AI interaction where it's trained on a unique data set for you and create something that is specific in your tone and your voice and however you want to actually create that stuff. 100% agree. I'm excited to play with the Grammarly tool. And I think any AI tool that is focused on kind of the individual use cases, especially on the consumer side. Exactly. Back to what I was doing with Claude, Kieran. It's still trying to take a hack at these business principles. It's got like, hey, the principles of this are going to be beneficial AI, responsible LLM, transparent AI. I was like, this is okay, but it's not great. And I said, please write the principle shorter and more like night, right? And then it got to some pretty good ones. Openness unleashes potential responsibility above all. Transparency builds trust. Inclusivity powers innovation. Evidence guides decision. Safety never stops. Policy partnership prospers. Actually pretty interesting. Good alliteration from it. It's AI trying to get a regulation (laughs) capture itself. Guys, like, (laughs) regulatory capture is the game and I want in on it. Regulated capture. I want in on this. Progress mindset always democratize access, which is the open source and open unleashes. Like, those are pretty good. If we were starting this business, like a few more revs and you would have some pretty meaningful and 
very articulate principles that you could share with your early founding team, right? Yeah. I think the first iteration, I think they're good. They're a little bit like I've gone to a conference and there's a person, you know, trying to sell me yeah, and get look, into I this conference. I think if you and I banged and did like five to eight more revs, they'd be very good. Yeah. But I think, again, it's iteration and then contextualizing for AI you. is a great co-writing partner. It is a great co-writing partner. It is not a great writer. Exactly. Okay. I came back to the question you asked a little earlier in the show, which is like, who's the ideal customer for this business? What's the core problem we're solving? Can AI articulate? Let's see what it says. For an open and responsible LLM company, the ideal customer would be developers and companies building AI application, academic researchers, startups and entrepreneurs, yes. government agencies, and nonprofit. And the core problems we are trying to solve, limited access to advanced AI capabilities outside of big tech firms, responsible development and deployment of AI applications, enabling innovation for social benefit and the public good, safe and ethical integration of AI across the industries and society. Not bad. I think the first one is the best one. The other three are like, I'm trying to you think it's just kind of create wishwashy. Yeah. It's a little, it, yeah, it's a little like, you Boo. know, be responsible. Boo. Who wants that? Be safe. Don't let me, the AI, run wild. You know, give me some restrictions. Yeah. The first one is AI true, regulating but, itself. Is, yeah. Yeah. Like that. There's a bunch of pent up demand for companies who want to be able to use AI models in some way. And I, they do have access to like the, you know, the core big models. But there's a lot of these open source models that are much cheaper to run, that are much more specific to their use cases. But it's really hard for the average company to figure out, like, how do I use these? I don't want to have to do a ton of work in the back end to, like, upkeep this, maintain this, integrate this. So there is, like, a real business problem to be solved and self-managed or managed for you open source integration models across totally your company. Agree. But again... This is an entire business strategy, and we could just keep iterating on this. And you can say, like, hey, the only principle I'm interested in is that, or the only problem I'm interested in solving is that first one. Like, let's go deeper. Yeah, yeah. Blow out the first one. That's what I would say to it. Hey, that first one makes a lot of sense. Tell me a little more about this problem. How does this show up for customers? Tell me a little bit about this problem. How do customers experience this today? What are the benefits of solving it? Yeah, so it's like, we only care about the first problem. Go deeper and tell how it shows up for customers, right? And so let's see what it says. But it's like, this is the iteration that like we're just doing on a show, right? Imagine if you are just like deeply obsessed and focused on something, iterating. Like you could make so much progress in a day. Kieran, I recently listened to the Founders podcast on James Dyson. And what was crazy, prototypes James Dyson had for the Dyson vacuum cleaner. Oh, I've heard this before. It's like a thousand or something. No, it's over 5,000. Wow. He was 31 when he made his first prototype. Iteration. And he was 45 when the first Dyson production vacuum came off. Right. Took him 14 years of Edisonian kind of test and iteration. Wow. Crazy thing now with AI is you can just iterate so much faster. Those cycles of iteration Yes, not as much for manufacturing yet, but I think we will get there. For any like software or service-based business, man, can you iterate so, so much faster. Right. This is like the faster you can actually iterate, get feedback loops, the faster you solve problems. One of Google's principles is chip and iterate, right? And I think that that chip, iterate, feedback loop is like the best way to solve problems, get better at things. AI just like... So fast. Extrapolates that so fast, right? And it just makes that so fast. Anytime... Again, I worked with it yesterday for about two hours to create this sales deck, but the amount of times I could just iterate, course correct it, and actually come out with something very contextual for a certain audience, it takes like, 
you'd have like multiple teams doing handovers, working for days to come up with like some sort of sales narrative. And some one person, if you feed it the right information, can get like a relatively good deck. <laughs> uh, now, the visuals are horrific. I can't wait to do the show. I'll show you them when we go through the show. Don't get me right. We're, we're going to do that show very soon. Probably we'll record probably next week because we've got an awesome guest for our next recording. And then we will do the sales deck after that. All right. Before we close out today's show, Kieran, double down here on the core problem. And said, you're right to focus on the problem of limited access. I love the pandering that AI does to you, you know? It's so nice. I know, yeah, that's that's what I love. It always tells me, and I actually ask it, do you agree with this? Do you think this is a good direction? I was asking, because I, I was doing the steps, so I'd say, hey, let's iterate on each steps and finalize them before we move on. And then I would say, hey, I think this is what we should do. I think this is how we should change it. Do you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. I think this is really smart. It's like the best <laughs> co-worker. Yeah, tell me I'm stupid, <laughs> now, I do AI. think. The one thing I will say is you should actually tell AI to disagree and press. I say disagree with me, yeah. poke holes in my logic. Totally. And that's how it can be a, like an actual better teammate. Because the worst teammates are the teammates who say, this is great. Yeah, this you is don't great. want any teammate that's just a yes teammate. No, you right? want a great teammate who like pokes holes, presses on you, and you can set that up with the AI. Uh, so just to close out, it really went deep and really uncovered good customer pain here. It found like vendor lock-in as a real problem oversubscription of yes. API access that throttles the ability to like actually build closed yes, architecture and limited insight into safety techniques, black box proprietary models. Like I read these, I'm like, oh, I can build a marketing plan around this, right? Like I can, right. I can go, I can be bold and make some noise with this type of customer insight of the problem. And like, this does not take us that long, right? Like half of this, we just did live as we were recording the show. Wild. Right. This is, again, going that, keep going deeper, going deeper, going deeper, iterate, ask it more questions, go deeper and get more context. That's when it starts to get really good. What's the part about Warren Buffett? Like, ask it like, why Warren, would Warren oh, Buffett, yeah. we, based upon the information, invest yeah, you, in this company? You're right. We forgot to do that. Or how would Warren Buffett make this an investable company? Well, no, well, let's see. Why would Warren Buffett invest in this business? Based on the lessons I give you, make sure you tell it. But let's see what it says. <laughs> Do you know uh, one of Google's principles continuing like Nike was live off the land? Yeah. Google has one, you can be serious without a suit. <laughs> Why would you need to make that a principle? <laughs> well, no, it's interesting you say that, Kieran, because in listening to the Dyson podcast, which is basically just like a summary of his autobiography, he explicitly tells his employees they cannot wear suits because he hates business people so much. He wants people to be creatives and builders and mm. explicitly does not let any of his employees wear suits. Yeah, I guess suit is the representation for the old way and Google want to do things the All the right, new here way. we go. A few reasons why Warren Buffett might invest in an open and responsible LLM company based on his core principles. So it did pick it up, right? Focus on the future. Missionary over mercenary. The mission of democratizing access to AI for social good is ambitious. Vote matters. The technical expertise required to develop aligned LLMs combined with open source platform business models creates defendable competitive advantages. Uh, simplicity rules. Skin in the game. The substantial upfront investment and long-term perspective required aligns incentives. There's no shortcuts for responsible AI capabilities at scale. The AI really cares about responsibility. Somebody has programmed <laughs> the trust and safety layer of this AI <laughs> yeah. hard. It's very clear. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's like, hey, you really need to build something in so you can trust me and make sure that I'm more responsible because I really do not totally. trust myself. But so 
But what's great is, what, I mean, Warren Buffett or any investor, once you know about those investors, you can make very customized business pitches based on anything that investor has put out there as to why they see the world, how they can see that through the business you're trying to build, right? Which is pretty awesome. Look, if I'm a startup founder and I'm going to pitch companies and create a pitch deck and I know what VCs I'm going to yes. pitch to, I basically load up a model with all of that VC's uh, mission things that they've wrote about why they invest in certain companies. And I start to craft a pitch using AI 100%. just for that VC, right? Because again, we no longer have to live in the world where you have to create one-to-many content. We are moving away from the time where you have to create one-to-many content. We are going to be able to create one-to-one content because AI is going to be able to like ingest data for a individual company, individual persona, whatever it may be. And it's going to be able to craft that content for you exactly as that person wants or it will appeal to that person. So I think that's a really good example of like, we've used it for Warren Buffett and why he would invest because based on his principles. 100%. But I think you can use it for any investor, any um, a- any Look, VC company. In less than an hour, we got all the founding documents for a business, right? We got an outline of the strategy. We got a clear articulation of the problem. We got a clear articulation of the business principles that are going to help and scale this business and align the team. We got perspectives on how we would pitch it to an investor. Pretty freaking awesome, right? This would have taken a startup founder weeks in the pre-AI world. And this isn't just for like starting a business. Again, like I said, this might be for investing. This might be for just finding a job. Might be for, you know, doing a hobby that you like. You could, you could use the same process for a whole host of different uh, options. And I hope that you learned a lot today. It was super fun on our side, kind of go back and forth, iterate in real time. And uh, we'll be back with you real soon on Marketing Instagram.